Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Josh, co-founder of Urban Valor. Welcome to another episode of the Urban Valor podcast. Our guest today is Army veteran James Evans. James enlisted into the Army and decided he wanted to become a Green Beret after making it to the rank of sergeant. Out of approximately 450 candidates, James was one of the 92 selected after passing the school. Unfortunately, he suffered severe injuries to his feet. Since transitioning out of the Army, James has embedded himself deep into the veteran community and has a lot to say about the organizations he's involved in. If you enjoy this episode, go give us a five-star rating and leave a comment to help support our veterans. The bigger the community, the bigger the impact. If you'd like to contribute your story to Urban Valor or know anyone else who may, reach out to us on Instagram at UrbanValorTV or you can email us at team at UrbanValor.com. Enjoy the show. Here we are. What's going on, James? Not much. How are you? I'm all right, man. Thanks for being here, sir. Um, well, let's just start it off. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us your name, branch of service, uh, years you served, and the rank you got out as. Sure. Uh, my name is James Evans, and I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. But I joined in um, September 1997, served through December 2001. Um, I was Army Infantry. I went in as an E2, and I, at 36 months, I became a Sergeant E5 and E5 when I exited um, on my fourth year, third month. Awesome, um, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Um, so uh, let's just get into, uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, where were you born, where you're from, and what your upbringing was like. Okay, like I said, I, um, I was raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I moved there when I was seven. I was actually born in Salt Lake City, Utah, but my family moved from Utah down to Arizona. Um, I grew up all over the Phoenix area. Uh, my mom's been married a lot, divorced a lot, moved around a lot, switched schools about every two years. Um, but I was involved with Boy Scouts a lot, which kind of helped lead me to the military. But um, very involved with Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, um, all the high awards, Eagle Scout, um, Arrow of Light, and all that when I was a Cub Scout. Um, worked at summer camp. Also did Scout. I also worked at the summer camp for Boy Scout training, leadership training. Um, and I went to two different high schools and I was a wrestler. Um, I was a junior high state champion for the junior high level, eighth grade. Um, and then in high school, I was a four year letterman, um, placed my senior year, uh, wasn't able to finish my junior year and almost placed my sophomore year and my junior and senior year, I was ranked in the state. So wrestling's a love of mine. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, you have any siblings? I have uh, two brothers, both older. I'm the baby and a sister. Um, unfortunately, I lost my brother to suicide when I was 15. He was 19. Mm. Um, and then my oldest brother is nine years older than me, and my sister is seven years older. They both have a boy and a girl each. Um, so my nieces and nephews are all in their 20s and 30s. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> so um, I know you did a lot of Boy Scout stuff. Is that, uh, you know, I'm curious, what inspired you to go into the military? Um, when I was in high school, I always had a desire to possibly join the military. And then um, my mom's husband at the time, he's a former Army Ranger um, there in Vietnam. Uh, small guy, too, which is funny. But he was one of the ones that was really involved in rappelling and mountaineering. He did a lot of the Ranger training for um, rappelling and um, mountain climbing and different things. But he kind of influenced me. Um, I decided to join the infantry. I wanted to be a Ranger. And... 
lied to by the recruiter saying, oh, yeah, go kick butt at basic and you'll be able to go to ranger school, which is wrong because I did do that. And then um, just had a desire. And then I had a lot, not any of my immediate family, but I have a lot of distant family that served. Um, and it was just something I've always wanted to do is serve. Mm. So you went in wanting to be a ranger. He says, that, you know, do good boot camp and that's what you do. So, so what, what job did you end up picking? Well, I went in as 11 x-ray, which is infantry. Okay. But it's no assignment. So somewhere along our 12 weeks of basic, they decide if you're going to be mechanized infantry or light infantry. I ended up in mechanized on a Bradley. And that's how I ended up here in Savannah area, Fort Stewart, because it's one of the largest mechanized infantry units in the country. Mm. So what did, what did that job entail? You're infantry, but, you know, I got stuck being a driver and I never wanted to drive. So I was a Bradley driver when I was a E2 and E3. Um, finally got on the dismount squad, which is the infantry team of um, five to six guys in the back of the Bradley. And once I became a um, corporal, of course, they move you up and then you have to become a Bradley gunner. I didn't play video games. I went outside and played when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So being a Bradley gunner, I wasn't good at all. Um, I sucked at running a turret, doing all the different uh, variations of the 25 millimeter shooting and the tow missiles, and I hated it. Um, but as a dismount, I won a lot of awards, and I was in the military, um, wore the rotation at the National Training Center. I did really good as a dismount. I was good at doing the different table eights, um, infantry maneuvers and all that. So that's what I love is infantry, being on the ground. Wow. Um, what, was, uh, what was boot camp like for you? Basic training. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, as infantry. They're army. We don't call it boot. Oh. Um, honestly, basic training, and it was infantry, so it's all male um, at Fort Benning. Um, it was easy. The only thing that I had to learn how to do is um, not sleep very much. But all the years of wrestling I did, plus all the years in Boy Scouts, honestly, it wasn't that hard at all. Yeah, yeah. It was an easy transition. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Um, and then from there, after basic training, I imagine you went to do some training for your job. Is that right? Well, at Fort Benning, all the infantry jobs are there. Mm. So, honestly, when we went into our AIT training, advanced um, individual training, um, we basically, week number eight of basic training was one night. The next morning started the new week of AIT training, which is infantry, and we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> you stayed there. I know what you're talking about, though. Like, mechanics will have to mechanic school. Medics go off to a medic school. Yeah. All that. No, infantry, you just go. <laughs> one night you're done with basic. The next night you're in infantry school. Mm. Now we finish infantry school. The ones who are 11 Mike, 11 uh, mechanized, um, they also stayed right there at the same place for two weeks and did Bradley training. Mm. So I didn't go anywhere. It was all at Fort Benning. Okay. And then your first your first unit? My only unit was Fort Stewart, um, 3rd ID, 3rd Battalion, 15th Infantry, Bravo, Com er, Bravo Company, 2nd Platoon, and I was in the same platoon my entire enlistment. Really? From E2 to Sergeant. And that, that that's here? That's here in Savannah? Yes, it's the 45 miles southwest of here. Oh, wow. Okay. It's the biggest um, Army base west of the Mississippi, or east of the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. I'm messing that all up. Um, what, year, what years was it again you said you served? End of 97 all the way through 2001. Okay. All right. Um, so what was a typical day like for you? Like once, you got, once you got to your duty station, what was your typical day like? Well, actually, it's funny. When I got to my duty station, I immediately got 
you know, they called us the bonus babies because they were doing $12,000 bonuses for infantry to get them in. But I got a big um, deposit in my bank account. My unit just got back from a deployment. I was just home from hometown recruiting after basic. So it's kind of funny. I show up to my unit. Three weeks later, they go on block leave. So then I get two weeks vacation. Um, I actually took that bonus money, went up and down the East Coast. Being I was a West Coast kid, I got to see the whole East Coast all the way to Boston and back. So that was a lot of fun. So then when I got back to my unit, it is 3rd ID. It is um, 3rd Battalion, 15th Infantry. So anyone that knows history of that, it's also Audie Murphy's historical unit, um, the most awarded um, military person in history. Uh, we immediately go into training because they just got back. And then within six months of being in the unit, we were ramping up to go to Kuwait again. And this is before the war. They just had a rotation. My unit was heavy mechanized, um, heavy tanker battalion. So each deployment, one tanker company deployed and the infantry company had to go with them. When they come back, the other tanker unit gets ready to go a few months, you know, eight, nine months later. And then the infantry units go with them. So my unit was deployed all the time, even before the war. So um, we just did training. Um, did all of our different table eights, table 10, table 12. Those are qualifications as a unit or an infantry squad or a Bradley. Um, went to the National Training Center. Actually, we didn't do that quite yet. But then, um, so then we deployed, went to Kuwait, loaded up our Bradleys on big trucks, went with the Haji out in the middle of the desert to a five and a half, um, five and a half mile square cabal, and that's where I lived for nine months. Um, during the winter, actually, and then cleaned up, came back, got to go on leave again, had a little bit of free time, then went on QRF, which is a quick response force. That's why Hunter Army Airfield is here. One of the main reasons, besides Rangers, is to deploy 3rd ID to anywhere in the world um, with a 12-hour notice. So then I was on QRF for three months. Um, Then we started training to get ready to go to Bosnia. So then we went to Fort Polk for civilian on the battlefield training, went to NTC, the National Training Center in Colorado, I'm sorry, California, did the two, three weeks there of um, desert combat training, came back here, finally went to Bosnia, and then we were in Bosnia, Herzegovina, um, and we were there for another nine, ten months from 2000 to 2001, and the Kuwait stuff I said was 1998 to 99. Um, while I was in Bosnia, my particular company was in charge of surveillance and control over Srebrenica, the worst massacred city in the whole Bosnia conflict. Mm-hmm. We were there after the war, so we were just there peacekeeping. Um, we were the 8th Rotation, S-4-8, and um, came home from that. Um, so I had a field promotion there to E-5. So when I got back, I went to... Um, PLDC, the primary leadership development course, to officially get my sergeant. Um, then when I graduated with that, they told me I have to extend three months because I only had three months left in the Army. Mm-hmm. Um, however, while I was in Bosnia, um, I'm going off without you questioning me. but That's all right. Let's keep it rolling. We did a lot of missions with special forces. Okay. Um, so we would have an interpreter with us, especially being we were in Bosnia during the election. So we were actually in a... Um, staged area to come in to protect a gentleman running for uh, mayor of Srebrenica who was Muslim. And in, in Bosnia, the Muslims are the ones that were killed. Um, 
anyways, I was really impressed by Special Forces. They're really true, quiet professionals, um, top-notch people. And then I learned that you don't have to get someone to sign a paper like Ranger School to go to Ranger School for selection, the Special Forces Assessment Selection. All you got to do is be a sergeant and say, I want to go, and you go. So came back from Bosnia in April, was in PLDC in May. Um, I'm sorry, we came back in March, PLDC, late April, early May. And the first week of June, I actually went and tried out for Special Forces at Fort Bragg at Camp McCall. Um, 28 days later, 30 pounds lighter and skinny as a bone, um, I actually completed the course. Nice. And I passed. Um, I was selected. And to get selected, you actually come back um, as a duty station move to do the Q course, which is the two- to three-year-long training that you go through for your specialty. Um, Unfortunately, my feet hurt really bad in selection. I forced, I pushed myself to the limits um, to give grasp of how hard it is. 500, 450 people started with me, and 92 of us graduated. Um, 130 finished, but about 30 or 40 were not selected. They were told, good job, but we don't want you. Wow. Um, so 92 of us were selected, but I came home. Um, Unfortunately, my unit treated me like crap when I got home. They assumed I wouldn't have passed. It was 4th of July. We were a red company, and I come back and hardly walk. Um, like I said, very skinny and um, anorexic looking. Yeah. And they put me in charge of the 4th of July events, and I had to go help set up a stage for a concert wow. and be in charge of that. And I just got back. Wow. Um, and then I was waiting for my orders to go to Q course. I wasn't getting them. And I'm sharing negative. I love the military, but... They got some horrible way of handling some soldiers and yeah. some people who want to stay and do good, mm -hmm. which they need to work on. And I've shared this a lot, but I didn't have airborne school, so I couldn't get orders for the Q course so I get airborne school. I went to my battalion sergeant major even and said, let me go on leave, go to Benning, be standby for when one of these kids who can't pass the PT test fails out and let me get my airborne school, which mm -hmm. is a three-week course. They wouldn't let me. Um, and my enlistment was up in three months. So I refused to re-enlist because I would have been locked into their next deployment to Kuwait, which is actually the deployment that the war in uh, Iraq started with. My unit was the one that led the whole battle to Baghdad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know this. They were on their ninth month when that kicked off. They were actually getting ready to come home when the war started. Mm. So then they had to turn all their equipment around and head up to um, Baghdad. And even my wife recognized people on the news with that. But anyhow, off subject. Um, <laughs> I knew if I re-enlisted at that time, I would have been locked in deployment. I wouldn't be able to go back to Special Forces for a year or two. Mm -hmm. I refused to. But also, my feet were still hurting. I just thought they would get better. They never did. I'm actually 80% 80, 80 disabled now. Mm -hmm. um, I can't work a job standing on my feet anymore. I can't run anymore. Um, if... I'm a, I work in a manufacturing facility. If I go out in the plant with steel-toed boots on more than two or three hours, I can't get through a shift anymore. I need to sit down. Wow. Um, so my feet are permanently damaged from those 28 days of um, selection. Wow, man. What, what, what happened? What did the doctor say? Like, what is it that... We, I over... A few things. I caused nerve entrapment, which is kind of like um, tarpal, tarsal tunnel. Um, I have falling arches, so my arches drop. Um, I have, uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with plantar fasciitis, but yeah. I have plantar fasciosis because it's never gone away. Mm. Um, I've had 
12 injections. I can't have injections anymore. I've had two surgeries. I have specialty shoes most of the time. I have special inserts. I can't walk around the house barefooted. When I go to the beach, I have to wear special sandals. Um, it sounds like I'm complaining and all that, but no, man. You know, I was excited to become you know, a Green Beret eventually, but even if I would have actually went through it, I would have got medically discharged. Yeah. But, you know, you come home, you're all excited. You're like, yeah, I'm great. But then your feet never recover. So special force, <clears throat> that, that's different than ranger school. Yes. That's it's okay. the Green Berets. Right. Okay. It's right. an elite four, smaller teams. Um, mm. The school, like I said, you have to go a month to qualify. And then the school's two, between two and four years of training. The people that are medic, special forces medics, they actually are almost becoming doctors because um, their school is four years long. Wow. You learn languages. Um, each there's five groups. They're each part of a in charge of a part of a different part of the world. Um, so, like, I wanted to be Eastern Europe, the Balkans area, because of my time in Bosnia, um, and I wanted to be an engineer. So, basically, as a special forces engineer, I would have had additional training to learn how to build um, buildings and wells and water structures, things like that. But then also and bridges, but also learn how to blow it all up. So that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I was going into. But again, I would have been medically discharged if I got out, or if yeah. I did get out and I continued on. Before uh, before going into special force school, did you ever have any problems with your feet? No. Well, a little bit, just because I was infantry. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. we ran. <laughs> My squad leader didn't like push-ups and sit-ups. He loved to run because he was a tall, skinny guy. Um, so every day with PT, we... Um, we, if we had a three-mile run, it was a short run for the day. So we ran at least three miles every day. Usually we ran five to six miles every morning for two years. Wow. So, but I did a lot of runs on my own, too. But um, no, they weren't that bad. But when I came back, it was really bad, severe. But yeah. the doctor thinks that I hurt them. And instead of resting and recovering, I just kept pushing myself and um, just kept pushing, pushing, and kind of like breaking something. I think you could have a little sprain, but keep keep working on something it broke um so i basically broke my feet in a way wow and it's all tendons and um stuff like that it's not bones or anything yeah yeah so that when you when you got out did you get were you medically discharged no because you... it was still so fresh mm. so now i got out went back to arizona um, i was married two years at the time <clears throat> still married same lady um 22 years in january wow. but uh Congratulations. Thanks. Which isn't typical of military. No, man, that's, that's great. That's great. That's and great. we dated six months. We got married, court marriage, before I went to Bosnia. Wow. And had our official marriage when I got... Actually, our official marriage was five days after I got back from selection. Wow. So our wedding pictures are the actual wedding. You can see me and I look... I don't look like me. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Makes great um, wedding pictures. But, um, yeah, I was in shape when I went and I lost 30 pounds. mm um, so you met her wh while you were in the Army? Yes. She's from a local town about 40 minutes away from um, Fort Stewart, Hinesville area. Mm. And her whole family's in Georgia. Um, so where were we? Um, we were talking about uh, whether you got medically discharged or not. No. Uh, no. Yeah. Just got out. Um, ETS. Uh, went back to Arizona. I went without my wife because she was still in nursing school. And she joined me in Arizona six months later. Um, but I started seeing a podiatrist. I was seeing a podiatrist before I got out. Kept seeing a podiatrist after I got out, and that's when I started getting a lot of injections, a few when I was in the Army. 
it has hindered my lifestyle. It's caused me to gain weight. I can't run and exercise like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did used to run a lot, and I can't. So uh, I wanted to be a manufacturing um, operations manager, but I can't stand on the cement floors anymore. Mm-hmm. Even when I got out and I bartended, end of my bartend shift, even though I was on rubber mats, I struggled with my feet. And then in, when I was deep into college, um, I, was, I stopped working in the restaurant stuff. I worked in retail, and, you know, those cement floors in retail, like, I would go in the break room and almost cry. And, I'm, you know, I looked like, you know, I was still lifting weights and stuff back then. But, you know, you see this guy, and it, he's almost wimping, whimpering because his feet hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. But because of all that, this is the only reason I kept pushing. Then my lawyer got some others. I didn't think I could go for it, but, you know, it caused weight gain. It's caused problems with my knees. Um you know, some of my lower spine issues. And he's been able to, you know, show that those are connected. But, um, yeah, I didn't want to fight it. And then I finally got him to help me. And it's been nice, you know. Yeah. It's, I'm still proud to serve. I love my, you know, the soldiers of arms and everything else. But, um, you know, and that may have not happened if I didn't try out for special forces. But, again, I care for my country. I wanted to do something special. So. Yeah. And that's Harry. Yeah. Now it's Sam. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, did it... Uh... I'm curious, you know, does it, do you think it affects you mentally? Um, uh, yeah, and my lawyer showed that because um, about four, 12 years ago, I had to start taking anxiety and um, stress medicine. And he thinks some of that's related because, you know, I wasn't able to do what I really wanted to do work-wise. And then my health started going down and it started causing um, a lot of stress and anxiety and then I then I've been on medication the last 12 years for it. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was really related, but after talking to some doctors, they were like, well, it really could be partially related. I mean, how can it not be? Because, I mean, you were in such good shape to get through special force school, yeah. right? Um, such a small percentage gets through that course, and you gave it your all to get through it. And, and now I can't really do anything. Yeah, sacrifice a portion of your body to do right. it. Um, right. And that's going to affect you mentally, man. You can't stand, you can't run, you can't do the things you used to do physically. Right. Um, you know, that, that jacks some people up mentally, you know what I mean? Um, so uh, I'm glad you, you went and got help, and uh, I, I'm also glad that you continued to push for, for more, you know, not just settling for 0%. You know? And I know you have subjects you want to talk about, but um, one of the, I kind of want to cover some other areas with you if we have time. Yeah, go. You, this um, is your story, man. This is your seat. But just because... Um, I'll get to there. So I did go to college. Um, I did use a GI Bill. Um, I went to community college so I can afford it. Got two associate degrees. And then I decided to transfer to the, transfer to the university, which is going to be all out of pocket. So I transferred to Arizona State um, Business Administration. And I went to the VA office to just see if I had any GI Bill left. But the lady there that works with veterans, like, are you, are you disabled? I'm like, yeah, I have 30%. She's like, well, you can apply for voc rehab. And I'm like, well, I don't need any really rehab right now. And she's like, no, you, what do you do for a living? And I told her I was a bartender server and I worked in retail and that, you know, I did struggle standing. So she's like, that's a rehab. You need to go to school to get a business degree so you can sit at a desk. So I applied for it and I got it. So after I finished my GI Bill almost and transferred to university, I ended up getting the, GI, or, uh, the vocational rehabilitation program that paid for my full uh, bachelor's degree, living allowance, books, 
and I was actually able to quit working and focus solely on school, and I ended up graduating summa cum laude with a 3.95. I don't know. I had all A's, but one of my classes was an A minus, so I got like a 3.8 in one of them or something instead of a 4. But always that one instructor, man. <laughs> it's an arts class. That's yeah. why. Those <laughs> artists. Uh, but anyways, I graduated summa cum laude. I actually worked in the veterans office in the financial aid office area. I love it because I help veterans um, when they come in and start their GI Bill, help them where to go to, you know, the VA clinic, stuff like that. And then it also gave me a place to go between classes. So instead of going sitting in the union and getting in trouble or being distracted, I had a desk, a cubicle in the financial aid office. I went there. I got paid minimum wage from the government, tax-free to do homework. <laughs> and I got all that other money. So, And then once I graduated college, um, <clears throat> May of 2008, <clears throat> um, my wife and I moved back to Georgia. Um, we had our three-year-old daughter and my 10-day-old son. Um, I started working for Liberty Mutual Insurance as an auditor. It's not what I wanted to do, but I, they hired me out of school, paid pretty well. Um, they graduated in 08, and then in 09, I got laid off because of the housing market and everything else when the economy went to crap. In 09, I was unemployed for 11 months. Um, thankfully, I had a five-month or four-month severance from my company. Then I started working for an outsource um, auditing firm, and I did, um, <clears throat> which is funny because, well, I'll get to that later, but worked for another company that basically I did the same thing. I did workers' comp and general liability audits for um, basically contractors, uh, commercial facilities, manufacturing. And I, in college, what I wanted to do is work in manufacturing. I wanted to be a um, procurement or supply chain manager. So I, um, I didn't like auditing, but two of the places I audited, I ended up working for one of them to start with because I was exposed to them and got a contact um, in food manufacturing, but it sucked there as horrible pay. But it got me in the door, started my procurement career. Then I moved to a medical and dental device company here in Savannah, worked with them for three and a half years as a procurement agent. Um, then I moved to JCB, which if you flew here, you th- saw JCB manufacturing facility right outside the airport mm. on 95. So it's a commercial equipment uh, manufacturer like um, back backhoes and um, forklifts. and well, not forklifts, but backhoes and uh, commercial construction. Yeah. And then I was recruited. I had enough time span, six years, and I'm sharing this for other people to just, you know, veterans can get good in the the business world too, but yeah. I got recruited by an aerospace company to come be their planner and procurement agent wow. um, buyer. Worked with them for two years, and then another recruiting firm, a recruiter from uh, Arconic Aerospace, contacted me. They recruited me away from them, huge, and definitely took the deal. <laughs> um, and I've been with that company, Arconic, the last four years and two months. And um, they changed company names a year and a half ago. They split into Helmet Aerospace, which I'm wearing one of these sleeves, Helmet. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to cover, too. And Jen probably wanted me to cover it as well in my involvement here at the Post. But when the company split, we have employee resource groups. We have a veterans group, an African Heritage, Hispanic, Pride, Women's Network, and NGN, which is Next Generation Network. These are all employee-led and we have funding from the company to do employee engagement, but also give grants through the Helmet Foundation. Um, I was part of the veterans group of Arconic, and then when we split, 
the chairman was staying with the Arconic part of the split. They didn't have anyone for the helmet side. I was the only one to volunteer, so I fell into the role. Um, I've been the Helmet Veterans Network chairman now for almost two, this uh, March of next year. It'll be two full years. Wow. In that role, I've grown my, my objectives, and I don't get paid for it. It's all volunteer, and I do it between. I do what I can at work, and then I work on stuff at night and weekends. But I've helped start four different employee resource veteran groups at four different sites around the country. So mine, one in Pittsburgh, where our headquarters is, one in Whitehall, Michigan, um, one in Minnesota, um, working on one in Houston, working on one in Cleveland, and I also have one in Southern Cal already that's active. Oh, wow. With that, I have all of them looking around for different groups to give money to. So we've given small grants to the American Legion here, um, the... The writers, the 40 and 8, the Society of the 40 and 8. Um, some of my other groups gave small grants to VFW, American Legions around the country. Unfortunately, this year they changed the rules. We can only give them to 501c3s and not 501c19s. Mm. However, I found a bunch of veteran groups that I've been helping to give grants to. I've given over $300,000 in grants through my company, Veteran Organizations. Wow. So Nine Line Foundation that's based here with the Nine Line Apparel. Yeah. We gave them $50,000 last year that I petitioned for, and we got it, to help build their aquaponics facility and help with the mini houses. Um, on top of that, I've done small donations for us to be able to go to their tailgate party last year, their 5K, 10K runs that I bring employees out to. Um, we did a huge uh, three-day, four-event event with them. I did a sponsorship of five grand, so we had a big, huge gala, a golf tournament, a 5K, 10K run, and then a, a, f a free open range day with about 50 different weapons and more ammo that you can nice. shoot. In attendance was The Undertaker from WWE, Buffy <laughs> the Vampire Slayer, really? Christy wow. Swanson was there, so I was rubbing shoulders with them. Um, I had my Helmet Foundation, Helmet Veterans Network, and all that plastered everywhere. Um, I'm also in the parade. I'm, I'm walking. I'm going behind post 135 in the parade, but I'm representing my company in the parade, so I'm going to have a float with our Helmet Veterans Network nice. um, trailer. Um, we've given to we've given twenty thousand dollar grants to a facility in Southern California to help um, give homeless veterans a place to live. In Minnesota, we did uh, ETS, like end term of service, but it's every every third Saturday. But it's a facility they have where they have food and clothes for veterans. They can come in and pick out, like a store, but it's free wow. to homeless veterans. But they needed to build a new facility. We gave them 25000 to help build their new facility. Um, in Whitehall, we've given to one of the homeless groups there. Um, here, back here in Savannah, um, you may have interviewed some of them this week, but um, Team Savannah for Vets. We just awarded them last month $20,000 to help with their organization. Nice. And the big one that's near and dear to my heart, as I told you, I'm from Arizona. Mm. I went to Arizona State. I'm a huge fan of Pat Tillman. Mm. And I assume you know who he is. I do. So I convinced my company to sponsor the Pat Tillman Foundation. And basically what they need is funds to help give scholarships. Because they give scholarships to veterans and, and veteran spouses at the, doc, the master's and doctorate level, not, not bachelor level. Um, I convinced my company to give them $145,000, wow. which is $45,000 a year for the next three years. 
um, which is enough to pay the scholarships for three Tillman scholars, three scholars per year for three years. And we're going to increase it in four years if we find that we've enjoyed it. Because we're also tapping the, that network to hire um, vets at all of our different plants. Wow. And last week I was actually in Chicago at the Pat Tillman Foundation Honors Luncheon, which I had my company stuff plastered all over and um, got to meet a lot of the veteran, um, a lot of the Tillman scholars, meet Marie Tillman. Because of my involvement with my company and the, Pat T- and the Helmet um, Veterans Network through the Helmet Foundation, I've been able to do a lot, and I still do. And um, I'm the chairman of the golf tournament we do here at the Post, the Post 135 um, Warrior Lift Golf Tournament. Mm-hmm. I took over it two years ago, and we'll have the third coming up, which is the fifth, fifth annual, but third one I'm running. Um, and I have my company as the main sponsor for that, and our logos on our our uh, golf shirts and everything. And um, so, my company sponsored that tournament the last two years, nice. um, which has helped a lot. So, man, I do a lot of volunteer work now. Yeah, it sounds like it, man. And I still even go and cook food at my daughter's. Um, my daughter's in a marching band in her high school, and I'm the main cook for the last three seasons of cooking all the the hot dogs and hamburgers at the football game for concessions. So I'm always working. That's awesome. So that's amazing, man. Uh, So I'm very involved and I have a lot of more stuff on the docket and I'm even helping. This isn't veteran related, but we have a pride group, African heritage group. So I'm working with people at the plant. There's a pride group here in Savannah. We're going to help rebuild their facility Mm. with a 20, either a 10 or $20,000 grant, the MLK association, um, our African heritage. I'm, I'm helping to get with them to give them a grant. That's awesome. And then also have community involvement, um, shelter from the rain for the women, for Jesus. single moms. So <laughs> I'm Man. tapping it and I'm trying to feed most of it in the Savannah where I can. When other sites don't do it, I do it. Yeah. So what, what do you, um, it, it's, I mean, it's clear that you're, you're, you're still serving the community in a very big way, uh, many communities. Um, what does this do for you? Like, you know, to, to do this, like what keeps you this, you know, getting involved in all these it gives me great pride and accomplishment um it's something i'm good at it's something that i can give back and the way i say that is i'm also a writer here with the motorcycle group and like we went up to a veteran home up in south carolina to visit some old people i'm not good at visiting people i'm not good at talking to people that are homeless or ill or this or that just everybody has their skills and i wish i had that skill to talk to those people and help them but i don't but my skill is in planning organizing um, getting people so like the golf tournament it's a success now because i'm able to go to businesses and ask for them to support our golf tournament for veterans mm. i'm good at that's my skill set it's something i've learned that i'm really good at and i enjoy and that's what I get enjoyment and pride and accomplishment out of it. And even like my job, if I'm not liking my job at Helmet, which I do if anyone's watching this, I love my job. <laughs> but I get so much enjoyment out of the free job I do for them that it makes me enjoy my job even more. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, That's what I like. Um, a lot of people don't find that, man. It, it, like their whole lives in their career, yeah. what you found in volunteer work right you know a lot of like i said i lack that other skill and i wish i had it but i don't yeah i'm the guy in the corner when we're visiting old people not talking to them or ill people but i wish i could do that too but i can't yeah but i can get a company to sponsor to help them 
That's Easy. amazing. That's amazing because you 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 get the skill set to to impact you know these communities and people uh, you know groups of people in a very huge way and massive way you know so. And my profession, I'm a procurement manager, a purchasing manager. So my profession is I buy stuff anyways. Right. So and that's what I am at Helmet. Actually, I'm the um, procurement operations manager. So I oversee all of our spend for the whole plant and for the manufacturing of our plant here in Midway, Georgia, but. It kind of goes hand in hand with that. I'm good at spending money. I work with suppliers all the time. Um, I'm not a salesman. I'm on the opposite. I get hit up by salesmen all the time. Yeah. But it's that skill set in my career that helps me with all the volunteer stuff too. Because mm. I can go talk to someone. Go, hey, come on, yeah. help us with this elevator fund. They're like, all right, sure. Here's a check. Oh, that's cool. That's super yeah. cool. Um, what what what? It sounds like you're doing great, man. Um, was it? You know, has has it always been rolling like this for you since transitioning out? No. Um, you know, how how was it? At, you know, initially transitioning out of the military. Well, like I went back to Arizona, like I said. Um, I actually had a really good job in high school because if any of you've been to Scottsdale, Arizona, there's a lot of resorts, a lot of fine dining. I worked in fine dining in high school, and I made more money than my teachers did. Um, I was a back waiter because you know I was too young to serve and all that, but yeah. I made good money in high school. Um, working 25 hours a week but i went back to that resort when i got out so that was good and um i landed decently good with that because i was able to get right back where i was before plus i was an adult plus i can take a better job um i quickly became i worked in room service when i got out and immediately um which in a five-star five-diamond resort room service is very high-end it's very um unique and within three weeks of working there, I was made supervisor. So in a way, I had a good, that was good. But again, it's it's food service. Can't do it forever. Mm-hmm. Well, some people can, but I never wanted to. And I, you know, I needed money because when my wife finished nursing school, we needed to get a house or a place to live. I was living with my mom and my stepdad at the time when I got out. But I was working two jobs. I was also working at Costco in the morning, stocking shelves, and then room service all afternoon and evening. So I worked really hard when I first got out. And then, you know, working two jobs. Um, my wife finally graduated, got a nursing job. That helped out a lot because she started bringing in the money. Mm. Um, and then slowly trans- transitioned into school. And I'll tell you, as a 29-year-old student back in college, um, especially being a vet and a, non, a non-veteran-based town, because Phoenix and all that is really not much military there except at some Air Force, mm. But <clears throat> some of the people treat you like crap. <laughs> and I remember doing some papers, and I would do it like military base or like in a marketing class. I had to come up with a marketing plan for a restaurant, and I had a lot of military base stuff. I read some of the, re- the student reviews of it, and some of them were like, I wish you could quit talking about the military. We don't give a shit, you know, or we don't care. And so there was a lot of that when I got yeah. out. There is a lot of pride with some people, but when I was in college, they didn't really care much for the military or yeah. the old guys. I think they're just uh, um, unaware, you know. They just don't really understand. Like, uh, they don't understand why <laughs> why life is, you know, as good as it is in our country, you know, yeah. you know, for them. And I struggle with what I want to do. I try to get on the police force. I applied for multiple agencies out there, passed the written exams, physical, went in for a polygraph. For some reason, I just can't pass a polygraph. <laughs> um <laughs> It was always inconclusive, yeah. but um, I finally had to give up on that. And then had a little incident 
as well. And then I had to give up on that dream and then slowly started working on school plus work. I'm like, well, the resort stuff's good. I could be a manager at the hotel, the resort. But then I kind of went school on and off a little bit. And then when I finally went to the university is when I finally got set on what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be and um, got my business degree, like I said earlier. But mm. transitioning's tough. Yeah. But I think because I had a good work basis before I joined. A lot of kids joined right out of high school. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a real job in high school except fast food or something, which I worked fast food for six months when I was 16 and said, now I'm going to go work something fancier. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had that drive because even back then, um, I mean, I, I started doing dishes when I was 15, actually, and they kept forgetting I was 15, and they let me work more hours than I was supposed to. Yeah. And then when they remember I'm 15, they're like, oh, crap, you got to go home. Yeah. Um, 16, I worked at Taco Bell for six months, but then after that, I kept I kept applying at a resort to work in the restaurant. I kept bugging the HR person, bugging them, and they finally hired me. But I had a good basis, but I do see people struggle when they get out. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to be a cop like I did, and I never got to be a cop. Then I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, feet started getting worse and worse, so then I knew I couldn't work on my feet much. You know, bartending shifts started hurting. Um, so, yeah, transition can be tough, and I've seen other people struggle. Yeah, for sure. Um, my plan, actually, 30 to 45% of our employees, I think, are veterans. Really? Right now. Yeah. Awesome. But we're a lot of people from Fort Stewart, when they get out, they stay here. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the, the organizations that uh, employ resources, right, or something like that for veterans. Uh, I mean, that, that, that is kind of correlates with transitioning out of the military, right? So I imagine you're, you're helping a lot of veterans transit with transitioning. Uh, Actually, I'm not helping a lot transition. I'm about to. So I didn't even bring that up. Um, there's a higher, higher heroes initiative. Um, our corporate HR director actually signed me up to be a speaker for a, a, um, teams meeting coming up in a couple weeks. And I am becoming the face of my company for helping, get our HR groups involved with all the different hiring veterans or hiring exiting military um, out of the military. So I am actually helping with that, even though I'm not HR. So the wow. joke is, is I do. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> People think I'm in HR, but I'm not even. It's just, I, I see that uh, the hiring heroes ads all the time because I'm always yeah. searching for veteran organizations. And, and so that's you, how I sold the Pat Tillman Foundation, too, is we're currently tapping all of their graduates, all their current scholars, all the colleges that have or universities that have Tillman scholars in them, and we're slowly getting in there like, hey, we're Helmet. This is who we are. Um, so I've helped with that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's amazing, man. That was a that was a pleasure to hear all that. Dude. <laughs> Honestly, man, that's uh, what's exciting is because um, everything that you just mentioned is is pretty much why we're building this organization here. Right. Uh, you know. I'll, you know. Yes, we're celebrating um, veterans, everybody who's chosen to sacrifice a portion of their lives for our country. Right. Um, and uh, because we want every veteran to know, like, you know, your service mattered. It doesn't matter what branch, you know, how many years, what you did, reserve, you know, active. It doesn't matter. Combat, non-combat, it doesn't yep. matter. And everything that you just mentioned, man, got me excited because I want to be, this is exactly what we want to be doing is, is reaching out to these organizations and raising money and giving And back. I can definitely connect you with our Southern Cal group. <clears throat> yeah. Because our leader in the Southern Cal area, he was with me at the Pat Tillman event in Chicago last week. So That's we got awesome, to, man. And then my other guy in Pittsburgh that helps me run the committee, he went with me as well. 
Awesome. Which was nice that we got invited by Pat Tillman Foundation, but and my company is so good that they're like, yeah, you guys are going. No, pe- no vacation time needed. Yeah. And we're paying for you to go and paying your hotel and food and everything. So that was nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. Um, is there anything, is there anything that uh, you wanted to say uh, before we cut the tape? I do I have a question. I do have a question. Uh, um, you know, what, what I, I'd like to get your advice on, you know, what, or what would you say to, you know, a, a, a young military guy, not even young, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter the age, but someone who's, you know, just coming out of the military, transitioning out, um, struggling to get with, uh, you know, find a job or whatever it may be. Tap the different veteran organizations, you know, there's a lot of resources within, you know, go to the local VFW, go to the local American Legion. If it's not a right fit, go to one of the other ones. Most towns have different ones. You know, here I think we have three or four American legions. You know, find the one you like. But, you know, get to know the people. It's not all about drinking, partying, and war stories. A lot of us come in. A lot of us talk about our jobs. But then, like me, if someone came in, they're like, hey, I'm looking for work. I'm like, well, I know we're looking for a CNC machinist. Is that something you want to learn and introduce them to our HR group? Or we have a lot of people here that work at Social Security that are all veterans. You know, hey, you know, I think you can get into Social Security and work this job. Or there are civilian jobs at Hunter Army Airfield for prior vets. But I think get with, like, similar people and help network with them and get support. And people like us that have gone through the process of, um, you know, getting disability ratings or different veteran support as well. But the other thing I always want to push for is if they're capable, if they have family support, and they can go to school or go to a trade school, use your college benefits. You know, not everybody needs to go to a traditional college. You can go to a trade school for a mechanic or something else, um, you know, culinary, whatever. But use that because it expires after a while as well. But it's good to jump, just like it's good to go to, if you don't go in the military right after high school, it's good to go to college right away. I think when soldiers get out too long, they become too stagnant, get too far away from what, their motivation they have to try to do something when they first get out, they lose desire to do it. Mm. I lost desire, but thankfully about a year and a half after I got out, I'm like, okay, I'm going to college. And I started out slow, but then I realized, okay, I can't do one class here, one class there. I need to pull my full heart into it, and that's when I did it. And now I have a fantastic job, make really good money, and I don't have to worry about bills or nothing. But it took a while to get there. But take advantage of your resources, either like-minded people like us that struggle when they got out or didn't struggle but know how to guide you or use your college um, education benefits that you have. Right on, man. Uh, Appreciate you being here, brother. No problem. Thank you for your service. Thank you as well. Yeah, I'm coming.